we noticed like her speech was definitely years ahead of like her age, her confidence, her ability to just like walk into a room and own it. Uh, and other people started noticing, you know, all these social, emotional, physical things about her. And we're like, yeah, it really works, you know, like through physical activity, you can really have an impact on a child's social, emotional health. You can mental health, speech, everything. So Matt said, well, if we want this for her, imagine how many parents would also be interested in this. And, you know, I still remember this was five years ago, exactly five years ago when we started Kids Strong. Hello, and welcome to Pursuing Health. I'm Dr. Julie Fouché, family physician and former CrossFit Games athlete. Here, I bring you information and inspiration to help bridge the gap between fitness and medicine and support your journey toward your healthiest self. Thank you so much for joining me. Now let's get started with this week's episode. In this episode, I sit down with Matt and Megan Sharp, who are the founders of KidStrong, which is a child development training center focused on brain, physical, and character development for young children. They talk about how they originally created KidStrong for their daughter, Ella, to help her become strong and independent. Megan's background is in physical education, where she holds a master's degree, and Matt has a wealth of professional coaching and tech experience. The curriculum is designed with the goal of promoting a strong body, strong brain, and strong character. It's based on developmental science, and they leverage knowledge from experts in the fields of pediatric occupational therapy, childhood development, sports physiology, and physical education to create a program that's focused on helping the entire family. Classes include physical activity, public speaking, affirmations, and more. I think Matt and Megan have created an amazing program in KidStrong that gives me hope for our future generations. So I was excited to learn more about how they develop the curriculum, the science behind the program, as well as hearing some incredibly heartwarming stories of how KidStrong is helping kids excel at life. Before we dive into the episode, we do want to make it clear that this podcast is for general information only and does not provide medical advice. We recommend that you seek assistance from your personal physician for any health conditions or concerns. Also, as a reminder, before we get started, if you're looking for holiday gift ideas, don't forget about our Pursuing Health store. You can give the gift of a Morning 5 subscription to a friend to help them get started with their health journey. You can also find Pursuing Health t-shirts, sweatshirts, and even onesies for your little ones, as well as gift cards too. Check them out at pursuing-health.com forward slash shop. Now let's get started with the episode. Welcome to Pursuing Health. I am very excited to be here with Matt and Megan Sharp. And I want to talk all about Kids Strong and your story today. But I thought, let's just first start off with each of your backgrounds and kind of where you came from. And then we'll talk about how Kids Strong came to be. Uh, awesome. So uh, I was a PE and health teacher for about seven years. So I did one year of high school, um, physical education and health. And then for seven years, I taught elementary physical education and health. So I have my master's in um, exercise science. So that is my background through and through is teaching and physical activity. Um, so obviously, Kid Strong is just my jam and a perfect transition um, to the background that I have. Um, and I was also, before four children, um, I was really big into CrossFit. <laughs> which is so, where we met. Which is where we met. Yeah. I was gonna, uh, 
yeah. 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 So teaching uh, sports. Yeah, I coach CrossFit. Um, teaching sports, physical activity. Um, but my, I mean, obviously my passion is, is children and, and child development. And did you play any sports growing up or? I did. Um, I did track and field and basketball. Um, and I still enjoy like doing those things. But then after college was why I think I enjoyed CrossFit so much because of the competition side and, um, you know, competing against others, but also yourself. So I'm really big into that as well. That's awesome. So how, how did you guys meet then? Did you just walk into CrossFit Maximus and the rest is history or is there a good story behind it? Basically. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) so friends for a long time before. Yeah. Uh, my roommate was actually Jen Smith. Okay. Yeah. So I'm, you definitely know her and big CrossFit games athlete, Uh, Um, big star in the CrossFit world. But, um, yeah, I was just like a runner. I would run for like an hour at a time. And then she said, this was like in 2009 or something. This was super super early. early. She said, you should come try CrossFit. Um, and I never looked back. I, I, the first, I loved it. I still love it. I just, I'm going on four kids and a business. <laughs> yeah. So we do it out of our garage now. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Great. Uh, my background, I was in law enforcement for 10 years, was where I originally found CrossFit. Uh, ended up partnering with Lincoln, who's our partner in Maximus. Um, and then from that point on, I have about 12 years of, you know, boutique CrossFit experience and then eight years of tech startup experience. So those two things like smashed together when we had kids into creating, you know, kids strong, but yeah, that's the background. A lot of startup. I think kids Strong's my fifth startup. Yeah. So cool to see how all the different experiences you had up until this point kind of came together with kids strong. Yeah. It's, it's, I don't know that they would come together in anything else. It's almost like you can, you take like all these weird things and throw them in a pot and then you try to build something out of that. Um, but yeah, I don't know that it makes sense for any other <laughs> business. No, and I think it was the right time in our life too. I mean, yeah. we started it because of our daughter. Mm-hmm. Um, so when she was 13 months old, you know, she started to get around 13 months, they start walking and they get this little personality. And at the time I was staying home with her and I, based on my teaching experience and seeing these five and six year old kids. And I remember coming home before we even had kids and I would tell him stories about, you know, children and their development, uh, not just physically, but like the social emotional part. So he always heard that stuff from me. It wasn't like good stuff. No, yeah. it was just like the struggles. It was always a str- the struggles that I saw kids coming in with. Um, but then there were times when I'm like, you know, like you can just look at this kid and he's just, I don't know, like he's an athlete, blah, blah, blah. But, um, so then when our daughter was 13 months and started walking and developing a personality, I said, she can't stay at home with me all day because that's not really setting her up for success. You know, I want to be able to go to church and put her in childcare or go to CrossFit and put her in childcare, whatever. Um, And I said, so we have to kind of get her into stuff so she doesn't feel like it's just mommy and her. Um, So we sent, we, we started out at a a place um, and 
it, it was great for like a play date. It wasn't what we wanted. We were looking for more structured curriculum. Like, what is the point? Like, like where are we going with this? Um, there are places that work for kids. Like, there's there's not a ton, but there are places that you know you bring your kid and they play with other kids, yeah. and then you take them home. And that's fine. That's yeah. just not what I was looking for. Like, that wasn't my goal. Uh, you know, and. Um, and so we went for a couple months and then, you know, one day he's just like, Matt's like, I just, I, I'm having trouble spending money on this because <laughs> I don't, so bad. there wasn't a goal. Like there literally wasn't an end goal. Um, so, you know, because of his experience in entrepreneurship and tech and CrossFit and all that good stuff, um, and then he knew that, you know, my passion for teaching, he started creating equipment. He started building his own equipment for her. And we had a rock wall in our house and gymnastics bars and rings and ropes, anything. We, we gutted our dining room and built like Yeah, anything you room. can think of. We'll have to look some pictures to that when we post this. Yeah, oh, we have, he yeah, has a time. And she's 15 months at the time. So she's like climbing rock walls mm -hmm. and flipping on, like she is just in it to win it. She, she climbed a rope by herself at two years old. <laughs> it's because that's all she knew. Like it, it, it's just normal for her. Right. Um, and in the scheme of things, we noticed like her speech was definitely years ahead of like her age, um, her confidence, her ability to just like walk into a room and own it. Uh, and other people started noticing, you know, all these social, emotional, physical things about her. And we're like, yeah, it really works. You know, like through physical activity, you can really have an impact on a child's social, emotional health. You can mental health, speech, everything. So Matt said, well, if we want this for her, imagine how many parents would also be interested in this and you know I, I still remember this was five this was five years ago uh, exactly five years ago um when we started kids strong and we started with 20 kids wow. um in the back of a warehouse yeah there's a warehouse next to maximus that we started yeah. out of. it didn't have running water no air condition no running no water no bathroom yeah it was rough. It was very ghetto. It was super rough. <laughs> um, but it's it started it started from a different place. That's right. I think than everywhere else was starting because most places were like we will play with your kids and then we will give them back to you. Right. We wanted more of like a curriculum. There needs to be a curriculum. It needs Structure. to be based on science. Like what's the goal here? And also not just physical. Yes. You know, our big thing was there has to be brain development. There has to be social and emotional development as well. And then linking all the, those three like tightly together, that was kind of the genesis of the curriculum. Well, also we, you know, we did a lot of research as well, but I mean, we had a, we had a plan in mind. We had a goal. There wasn't just like, Oh, let's just like have kids run around. Right. But like research does suggest that if a kid is moving their body at the same time as they're learning something new, they're going to pick up on it a lot faster than just like sitting behind a desk, right? That's why a lot of Montessori schools do so well because they're learning through play. Um, so just through all these research articles about getting the brain moving and how, how you know, obviously we know a lot more now, but it, it um, they say like, 
you know, if you crawl or if you can do left, right motion, you, uh, those kids end up reading um, at an earlier age, writing at an earlier age. I don't know. That's just like some science behind it, but we wanted to incorporate all that. Yeah. So, and, out, and outside of the, like outside of the physical, the social emotional was something that, you know, no one was really focused on. And we, at Kidstrong, we'll start public speaking with kids at three, you know, at three, they'll stand up in front of the class and we teach them like how to stand and how to communicate. Um, and we didn't know like how important that was until now, but like there was, I think that there's a 19 year study by Harvard that said that kids with higher social emotional scores in kindergarten end up outperforming kids with higher academic scores later in life. So even though like parents in the school, like we're always focused on like, did they get an A? doesn't mean that that's going to transfer over into we call it like transferable skills or life skills. It doesn't mean that they're going to leave school and be successful or more successful than. Yeah. So that, that study was really eye opening for us because it was, it really tracked back to like the kids that were the most athletic were also weren't the most successful. You know, it was this combination of all three, but really like social emotional was the most important. And when you went to these other places, it was just play. You know, so we had, you know, or we would have the kids saying affirmations, you know, super early. They say, I'm strong. I'm brave. I can do this. They'll say a lot of this stuff. They do public speaking. They have to introduce themselves. They have so to it, introduce themselves. So yeah. three years old or, you know, now this is pre-COVID with the handshake. I don't want to get any emails about handshaking, but yeah, they do fist bumps um, now. now and like, you know, the elbow. But pre-COVID, they have to shake the coach's hand and say their name introduce themselves, you know, and it's just really cool to watch three-year-olds looking an adult in the eye because I think that's just a skill that's, you know, not taught or yeah, we forgotten. Get, you get so many stories from parents where, like, a child will go to a family reunion and will, like, go up to all the adults and introduce themselves, and the grandpa's like, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> where, they, where are they learning this? And it, yeah. But it, it's, you don't see the gap till you see them mainly around other kids their age. And you see like, we, we are starting to see like huge gaps in development between like the kids that go through the training versus the kids that don't. And one of the cool things about, you know, the program is you rank up as you go. So, you know, if you're, for the first six months, you're in a blue shirt, the second six months, you're in a gray shirt, and then a red shirt, and then a white shirt. So if you have like two or three kids that are what we call titans in red shirts, like you can visibly see the difference. that they're more advanced, you know, in speech, um, the way they interact with each other. We, just, we the call time. them like demo team. So they could do like demo team. Nice. They'll come up and they'll demonstrate the movements for the rest of the class. And they like, they really get into it. And, yeah. you know, these things all like connect to, you just, you want to be able to, your kid to get out of the car and like run into school, right? Because they're confident. And then when they think they know the answer, they raise their hand. Or if they're like, hey, let's go play outside, they're like, sweet. Um, but if they don't have those really basic skills, then you see a lot of what, Megan was talking about where these kids, you know, they can't get dropped off. They can't communicate with a teacher. They can't communicate with other kids. They don't know how to handle their emotions. And at that point, like school is terrible. Like they don't want to be at school. They don't want to play, you know, so you're really like inhibiting their ability to have like a fun childhood. Yeah. And it's such, I love how you start so early because like you said, maybe they're not learning this 
at home for whatever reason and then they get to kindergarten or school and all of a sudden it's like okay maybe we can start teaching these things but you've missed that window of opportunity to start embedding this this into who they are from such an early age yeah, yeah. between two and two and six is the maximum like level of neuroplasticity in kids so that for us is like our key window you just you can have so much impact and it, we always say like if you think about like a three-year-old that knows english they were a cell three years ago so that's how much like they've grown in three years and we see like you'll see major developmental differences in like a two-year-old three-year-old four-year-old like even every year there's major differences so if you if you don't do these things before six yeah it's just much tougher you know? and we sat down with my so my sister um is a former elementary uh principal and we sat down with her and one of her main her her like big advice to all parents was preschool and she's like and if you can't do preschool like try to do something at home because that's what she was saying like those years are missed and then the parent sends them to school and the child is just in shock they've never had to open their own juice or use a you know um even pick out what they want to eat so she was even using the small example of going through the lunch line like can your child tell the lunchroom teacher what they want for lunch you know and it's just i think those little skills are forgotten and and as parents you know we need to practice those skills well before we send them off to the you, real you world you want to have like thousands of reps before they go can they actually i mean she was just you know little things like can they ask for help do they know how to ask for help you know have has everything been done for them for the yeah. last six years and then she's and then she was saying like those kids are they really struggle yeah, um, we, uh, it's cool. We see like all most, I mean, almost every parent like really loves their kids. Just no one knows what they're doing. Right. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. I was going to say for me, like when I first started learning more about what you guys are doing, it was this great reassurance of like, okay, I can learn how to be a better parent by, you know, going, you know, sending your uh, kids to the program. And I think like you said, there's no user manual for being a parent. You just get thrown into it, but you guys yeah. have all, all of the science and the people who are doing this day in and day out to kind of guide you. We could easily call it parent strong. Like, yeah. cause at the end of the, so when we, we have a, we've really over-invested in curriculum. So we have a programming team that has six, you know, child development experts on it. And, but half of the curriculum's for parents. So when you bring your kid to class as a parent, you are also going to class because the experts are also talking to you. Like we have an Apple TV, the TV app that they run all the classes off of. And they, you know, when they say like, when they teach the parents or sorry, in class, when they'll say like, we're doing sign language this month because it stimulates both sides of the brain, whereas verbal only stimulates one side of the brain. That's not for the three-year-olds to learn. <laughs> right. It's for the parents. Yeah. Right. So now as a parent, I can be like, Oh, this is why it's important. And then, because we only get them one day a week. So now the parents will like, they'll practice this stuff at home because they know it's important. Whereas if you just, if they just play, and this is why we didn't like the other programs. Like we didn't know what was going on. It didn't make us better parents. Yeah. Why, why do we want her to do this? Right? So I think that's what we focus on is explaining to the parents, this is why we're doing it. And we make sure to tell them the why behind everything, even, even crawling. I mean, there is a reason why kids shouldn't skip the crawling. 
face. And a lot of parents don't know. I didn't know that. Yeah, we're you like, know? oh, sweet, they're walking already. Yeah. But then when you talk to pediatrics, they're like, you don't want them walking. They should already. be walking yeah. yet. They're going to miss like the developmental milestones of They're crawling, just, and then it messes up things later. And then, the, as a parent, you're like, "Oh my gosh, that makes so much sense," you know. And I think that's why parents love Kids Strong is because of all that extra education that they are getting as well. It's not. It's not just for the kids. It's a whole family experience as well. It's like a community, and you're and you get around other parents who are struggling as well. And, yeah. You know, those times when you think your, your kid's the only one that's acting like that, and then you see 14 other three-year-olds acting the same way, and you're like, oh, yeah. like, I fit in here. It's a good safe place for parents to learn and be around other parents of kids the same age. Because even if you have friends, they might not have kids the same, the same age. age. So you might think your kid's crazy. <laughs> uh, but then when you, like she said, you go to class, you're like, oh, they're all crazy. They're all crazy. I'm doing good. Yeah. Doing like, good. Right. <laughs> yeah. That's amazing. And I love, you know, we've already touched on this a little bit, but I love how much your whole curriculum is based on science and the coaches that you have are really professional coaches. Can you talk about how that has been really important for you? Yeah, that's your part. Yeah. So, well, for, for me, we have vigorous training. And I know, um, you know, for both of our backgrounds, just teaching and then and then him running some CrossFits, like, and even, you know, yourself, you know, the importance of having a good coach, right? Well, a great coach. There are a lot of coaches and there are a lot of good coaches, but there's not many great coaches. And when you do find a great coach, it's just a completely different, um, all different experience. experience. Yeah. It's a whole different experience. It makes you want to come back. So our thing from the very beginning with kids strong was, um, hiring unicorn coaches, hiring professional coaches. Um, and, and that doesn't mean that they have to have a degree or anything like that, but they, but they do have to have a background and a passion for children and child development. I mean, you just can't make that up. So we always say A's want to work with A's. So if you have a really good team, other really good people will want to be on that team. So we, we, we do a lot of like protecting the culture. So we have vigorous training. Um, and we, ha we even have a Kid Strong Coaches certification where it's a two-day certification that these coaches come in and they do practicals and have a written exam. Um, and it's pass fail. And then again, like our culture is just amazing. We protect each other, you know? Um, well, but, one of the things early on, we thought we were going to have to have like a pediatric OT at every location. And I think what we learned over time is you actually want many different skill sets coming in. So when they go through the coaches cert, at the end of it, they'll sound kind of like an OT, but they'll also sound kind of like a pediatric PT. They'll also sound teacher, like, like a teacher. They'll coach. sound like they have some maybe <laughs> some training in kinesiology. So we've basically pulled all these child development experts and basically said, all right, what's the like what's the top twenty percent that like a coach should know from each of these disciplines? So when you go through the certification, at the, the goal for, at the end of that is for you to have kind of that top 20% in all of those. So you can be like a very generalized expert in child development because parents, you are like, you will know more than the parents asking you. 
yeah. by far. And we won't, but we also want you to be able to answer those questions. Yeah, that's amazing. That's I think having the standard from, from day one really helped too. And, yeah. and holding out for, I do for think that's how, cause I've been in adult fitness for you know 12 years. You know, every gym you go in, you're rolling the dice, <laughs> yeah. you know, you just never know. Um, but one of the things we really wanted to establish early on is like, we only want a coaches, like only A's. And it's, it's very tough to hold that standard, but man, it's, it's so much more rewarding when like, you know, we had a, you had a parent tell you the other day, cause like if somebody progresses through the system, they might end up being a head coach and then we move them to another location to be a head coach somewhere. And there was a parent, I think that grabbed you and she's like, are you taking like my favorite coach again? And then she's like, well, it doesn't matter. Like they're all great. Like yeah. every coach is great. And it was just a good compliment to the training and the culture. It, yeah. that you it could was, lose like an A. She said she always gets nervous for new coaches. And then, and then she says by the time the class is over, like they're her favorite. And she's, you know, she tells her husband, well, that one was really good too. And so it just kind of reiterates the fact of let's continue to hold the standard. Let's continue to have the training Let's continue to have the certifications because it's obviously working and creating these professional coaches and you want to have the, I, I, like our goal is like any center you walk in, you have the same experience. That's why in every single center, uh, we're going to have our 10th one. Um, the 14th of November will be our 10th one open, but every sin, single center you should walk in. The coaching's the same. It's the same branding. It's the same language. Uh, you know, the, literally the programming is the exact same in every single class. Like no one's making anything up. Um, uniforms, the way the center looks, smells, you know. Because um, that's just, you just want that experience at every single one. Yeah, we studied, you know, one of the brands we studied a lot was Disney. And it doesn't matter what position you have at Disney. You have to go through Disney University. You have to learn the Disney way. And that's, we try to adopt that as much as possible because any, and this goes with any gym, any person that comes in contact with anybody on the team, that's their impression of the whole business. <laughs> yeah. Right. So if your front desk person is rude, they don't know, they don't care. Like, oh, Kid it's just Trump, the front desk Kid person. Trump. Right. They just think Kitchong sucks or like CrossFit sucks or whatever it is. Right. So, you know, for us, it was just very important for everybody to have the same standard, kind of like Disney does. You know, like they hire like the parking lot attendants at Disney go through the same training as like Mickey Mouse. Yeah. That's so right. it's very important to maintain a standard. And we, we lay out our core values at the very beginning, too, mm -hmm. to make sure everyone's in line with the same beliefs and, you know, core values because if you're not, it's probably not going to be a good fit anyways. Yeah, and you've probably seen this and I've, I learned this the hard way, but you, you know, when you're, when you're a rookie, you hire for skills. Right. You're like, oh, they're good at something. Let's hire them. And I think when you get, you know, more advanced in whatever your business journey or personal developer or whatever, uh, Ray Dalio talks a lot about like values first, then abilities and then skills. So like skills is actually the last. So if you can identify like the values of your family or your organization or whatever it is, like if you can get that right, that's like the biggest part. And then just, and then it goes into like, okay, what are you naturally good at? Cause that also doesn't usually move a lot. 
Like if you take somebody who's, you know, with us, if somebody comes to us and they say they want to coach for us, but their friends consider them the shy one, right? <laughs> yeah. And they don't like talking in front of people. Like they might have the same values, but like their natural ability just it's, it's probably just, not going to work out. But if they have that and they're naturally like good at that stuff, skills are easy to teach. Mm-hmm. Like we can easily teach somebody the skills, but the, you know, the professional coach is really a mindset when they step on the floor. We want them to have the same mindset as like uh, a, you know, a college basketball coach stepping onto the floor for a game. That's the way we want them to view that. And they do. And they do. Yeah. yeah. And it is, it's such a huge privilege and responsibility to think about how you're shaping these kids' lives from such an early age. And they have to, and something that I think, you know, that kind of goes overlooked is, um, you know, adult fitness, you're coaching adults, right? And then when you go into a school, you're teaching kids, but kids strong, you have to be able to coach the kids and the parents, uh, you know, because three and under the parents are on the floor. So you're basically coaching the parent. Um, and even when they're in the lobby, you're, you're teaching them. So you have to have that skill. Can I speak to the adults and can I speak to the children and get them both engaged at the same time and keep coming and back? Not everybody can do both. Yeah. And so Some people you, are great at playing with kids, but they don't have to talk to adults. Yeah. You, to, you just have to have that special skill of being able to do both. Yeah. So. Kind of special. Can you talk a little bit about like what a, a typical class might be like and then how you implement? I know you gave some examples, Matt, earlier of the character development things that you might do, but some examples of how you implement the mental, physical, and character during the class. So a lot of that's set up in curriculum before. So like our programming team, like their mandate is that there has to be equal physical brain and character development throughout the class. So the way we structure the class is they'll come on, they'll, they'll usually spend the first part of the class getting moving and waking everything up. And then they'll go right into some social and emotional where they'll do, you know, we do our introductions. They have to all introduce themselves and then we do our affirmations. So I'm strong. I'm brave. I can do this. That's based on NLP or neuro linguistic programming, which, you know, you might've heard of, uh, I love the videos. We'll post some of those videos too. And <laughs> when we post this podcast of so the kids doing that affirmation, it's amazing. Yeah, they, but they, they, that is, you know, rewriting their operating system for their brains. And then that carries like outside the locations. But after th- that's when you kind of get into the meat of class and there's basically, we have three blocks of instruction with skill works in between. And a block of instruction could be like a ninja course that is paired with, um, like, what are we doing this month? Like, uh, sign language, like sign language. We're doing sign language yeah. So they might be going through obstacle course and then we freeze and then we'll do sign language. Oh, cool. And then we'll go through the obstacle course and freeze and we'll do sign language. And then every block is really like a mixture of those three. And then in between blocks, we have what's called skill work. So skill work is why the class is being set up. They might work on that might be where they just work on sign language or they just work on like single leg balance or they might work on like colors and shapes or something like that. And then once that block is set up, then they'll go right into like, but it's always every, every block of instruction is either dual or triple purpose because we want them moving and learning. There's no the downtime there's no at downtime. all. Yeah, so no it's downtime. 45 minutes of like movement of the body and the brain. And I think that's what parents want. I mean, they, at the end of the day, when you leave class, so at the end of the day, our goal is for your child to sleep better, right? Take a nap. Yeah. But all, but one of the things too is like, we'll always end with some sort of competition. 
because kids need to learn how to win. They also need to learn how to lose. And, you know, there are no participation trophies in Kids Strong. And then we'll circle them up at the end and we'll always give out awards. And, you know, kids will get awards maybe once out of every six to eight weeks. They'll get something. And the big part of what they're learning is that they don't always win. Yeah. So if you imagine if you only get like a sticker or a prize or an award or a trophy, one out of every six to eight times you do something, you don't expect to get a trophy every time you do something. So what we see a lot, we see a lot of tears the first few weeks. Yeah. But we also, this is where we train the parents. We're like, listen, we're teaching them <laughs> about real life and they're not always going to win and they have to be able to support their teammates. But the flip side of that is when they do win, like it's like they won an Olympic gold medal because they've earned it. Yeah. And they like, it's a huge deal. The parents like, know that they've earned it too. We didn't just give it away, you know? Yeah. And the research is super clear. Like if everyone gets a trophy, no one feels good about it. The people yeah. who win don't feel good. And the people who lost, they still, they know they didn't earn it. So it. clear research on that. We do milestones as well. So at the end of the month, so there, again, with the goals, there's a goal at the end of every month. So at the beginning of the month, we tell the parents, this is their milestone. This is what they need to work towards. And at the end of the month, your child will be tested out on X, Y, Z. And if they pass, then they get their milestone award as well. So it's just and like another badge. Yeah. yeah. And it's, you know, the parents really work hard with their kids. Like, let's pass this milestone. But again, these are milestones per age that are based on science. So like Matt said, we work with OTs and PTs. They know where children need to be physically, socially, emotionally at a certain age. So that's how we base that. Um, so like a two-year-old needs to be able to do a two-foot jump well, like they, yeah. over a line. They need to be able to jump like two inches, right? And so a lot of parents don't know that. Oh, so by two, my child should be able to jump two inches off the ground. Okay. Yeah, not like the single step, yeah, but like, like two feet to two feet and like land. So we're going to work on that, right? So and we make that a milestone. It's just a focus. Yeah. And then once they get it, like it, 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 you know, all these physical milestones and like, like they all unlock like better things, right? Because if they can do that two foot jump and now when they go play, it's more fun because they're a little more athletic. They can jump up on the stuff. They can jump down on stuff. So you're giving the kids these tools to be successful like outside of kids strong. Like our goal is not to make them good at kids strong. It's so like when they leave, they can just crush life and they really enjoy it because they're good at it. Yeah. Do you have any examples or some of your favorite stories of how that has transferred that the parents have told you or for your own kids, you know, outside in different situations in life? Yeah. Uh, I have a ton of, we have a ton of stories. You should tell that, here all day. Um, Ohio, the guy in Ohio. Yeah, well, well, a few a few stories. Just when we talk about that affirmation that I'm strong, I'm brave, I can do this. People send us things all the time. Like my kid went to get their flu shot, and before the flu shot, they said, "I'm strong, I'm brave, I can do this." Like this is on their own. Like the kid is saying it on their own. Um, you know, before the first day of school, my kids saying, "I'm strong, I'm brave, I can do this." Any and everything outside of kids strong. You know, they're mentally like pumping themselves up with that positive affirmation. So obviously that's like, you know, so joyful to hear that it's working and that people understand. Um, and then we were at a, we, uh, I was at a training. I did one of my certifications in Mason, Ohio. And um, 
you know, it was the last day we were there and we were just watching some classes and I had a dad come up to me and he asked me if he could hug me and he thanked me and he said, you know, I just want to thank you and your husband for creating this program. And, you know, like when you're in Texas and you don't see other, you don't really see other centers, right? You're not in them. You don't really realize the impact that this program has had on hundreds of people in different ways. Um, this particular man said that his son had, you know, had some trouble with bullying at school and didn't really, didn't really go into school confident um, and just really struggled. And he said, because of Kid Strong, um, you've changed him like as a person. And, you know, when he comes into Kid Strong, like he's the leader and he rocks it and he's just smiling all the time and he's so happy and and then now he's going to school and starting to get more of that confidence and less bullying and and you know during this 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 man is just crying to me and of course I'm like you got to get together because then I'm going to get emotional and we're in you know um but like you know we it was just it was just so I don't know. It was just like, I, I like it just brought so much joy to me because these are stories we don't hear, you know, outside of, outside of Texas, but we've heard tons of stories like this and it's not like we're changing his, the man's life, the dad's life too, because you know, when your children are stressed out or being bullied or they don't want to go to school or they're struggling as parents, you struggle too, like probably even more. And so that was a big difference for me when we got into this was, you know, when you're in adult fitness, you know, it's more of like your journey. Yeah. Right? Um, when you get around parents whose kid is struggling, like it's their journey, they're depressed. Yeah. Like they're super what stressed out because like they feel everything. And as parents, I mean, we feel it with our kids. Yeah. I mean, me, me, especially, you know, being a mom, but you take your child's burdens onto you and so then you're like, okay, you know, I see this in my child. How can I help them? And then it become, you know, then the parents are stressed out. And so you just, you're helping the whole family and you just see this weight come off. And we've also had, I mean, you'll probably enjoy this one. We had a dad lose like 50 pounds yeah. because he said, he said, well, I was continually, you know, pushing her and you got to do kids strong and you, you know, you got to be healthy and you got to be well, out of breath in class. Wasn't he? Uh, no, well, no, I don't think so. But like he just, I think his daughter was old enough to be on the floor, but it's just the fact that like, you know, like he was, when pushing, on her. He was pushing on her to be, to be amazing physically, mentally, socially, emotionally, eat the right stuff, you know, positive mindset. He said, and then we'd go home and my wife and I, we were not practicing what we were preaching to her. And so they agreed, like, we're going to get it together. And we're going to start working out and eating better and being more positive. And I think the dad lost like 50 pounds. The mom lost like 30. Wow. But I just remember him. I remember him seeing him months later and he looked so good, but he said, yeah, he's yeah. like, like a new guy, but it's just, you're, ch it's literally changing families for yeah, the better. And, I, and like a, one of the outputs that like, I think we were like super proud of. So like Ella's obviously been in it since she was like, 15 forever. Months, yeah. um, but she was getting ready. So it was the day before she went to kindergarten for the first time ever. And we were just like eating dinner. And I don't even remember what we were talking about, but she, 
she just like got this kind of like look off and she's like, you know, not everybody in kindergarten is going to like me. She's like, but you know, I don't care. There are a lot of people that do like me. And then she went back to eating like, <laughs> like, like it wasn't like this, like it was kind of profound for like yeah. a five-year-old to say this. And that's a byproduct of all this other stuff. So like when she goes to kindergarten, which, you know, when a kid goes into school, like they have to fight their own battles. Yes. If you don't arm them up, give them the shield, give them the sword. Like if you're that, you know, if you're that protection for them, when they go out, like they get destroyed. Yeah. And, you know, I could just, and I've seen her like with other girls, especially like she just doesn't care what they think (laughs) at all. Um, she just doesn't care. And I think that's like one of the best gifts we can give her is that she just doesn't care what people think. Well, I think going into, I think at five, if you are, if you are aware that not everyone's going to like you, there are, you will have friends, not everyone's going to be your friend. And at five, if you can say that's okay, I think at 18, you know, there's in this pot, she won't be as pressured. Yeah. And I feel like it's not like you're going to protect her from bullying, but I feel like a bully would be really frustrated with Ella because, like, she doesn't care right. what they say, you know. And you well, know. usually bullies don't prey on confident people. I think. Yeah. I think at the end of the day, most bullies can seek out like who who's going to let me bully them, and you know, and she. I don't know. She might get bullied. I don't know. But I, but I am very confident that she will be able to hold her own emo- physically and yeah. um, emotionally to not let it get to her too much. And as a parent, that makes you feel a lot better being a little bit more confident about that as well. So we would like to enjoy her childhood. Yeah. Right. And it's hard for us to enjoy it. If, if your child's miserable, like you're not in, like they don't enjoy it and you don't enjoy it. So a lot of this is like, how can we give families the tools to just like love life? I love school. I love my friends. I want to go do that. I want to do that. I want to do that. And you just want to create that. If you can create that kind of like baseline for them, like it's a much different childhood than a kid that doesn't have that. I don't, we, I think mine and Matt's main goals, we don't want our kids to feel like life is scary. You know, there's, it's just like, cause life is hard. There's a lot going on, but we don't ever want them to think like it's a scary world. We want them to live life to the fullest and, and, you know, do what they love and just be happy. You know, at the end of the day, go to bed, super happy, excited for the next day. And that's Ella. (laughs) That's amazing. That's amazing. And even I've heard you guys talk before, too, about how important it is, you know, your kids being around all these coaches. So even though, you know, you guys are in Kids Strong day in and day out, it's still important for them to be around other coaches and the impact that having other good role models and examples can have on kids, especially in this young age. Yeah, your kids will not listen to you. Right. Like it doesn't matter if you're the best parent in the world. At the end of the day, like you have to have a circle of people around your kids because we, this is what we see all the time. Uh, a parent will come in and be like, my kid's never going to like that. They're not going to do this. And then the coach will say, Hey, come over. Good. And the kid's like, yes, ma'am. Yeah. And the parents like, what? Because like the kids are not going to listen to you. Yeah. Like they're going to listen to like a mentor. Our kids do the same. Our kids do it too. Yeah. So like, it's really important for parents to have like a circle of people around your kids to help you raise them. Because again, they're going to go to that coach or that mentor or that uncle, 
probably before they go to you, like if something's up. Well, you know, also <laughs> yeah. one thing when Matt and I, you know, are hiring or meeting potential coaches or potential uh, employees, anything, we say, well, would we want them to coach our kids? Do we yeah. see them as a mentor for our children? And, you know, if one of the tricks we used to do was we would leave our kids <laughs> them, order. and we would go off somewhere. So like, you know, like back in the day we would meet like new people and we'd say, okay, let's go to lunch or dinner and we'd bring all our kids. And then we'd say, okay, you're going to sit here with the kids and we're going to go order. <laughs> go watch. <laughs> and just see how they act. Everyone's passed. Okay. Everyone's passed. With but if you go back and they're like, making doll houses out of crackers and dancing. You're like, Oh, this is great. Good potential here. <laughs> if they're tied they up. Yeah. <laughs> if Ella's tied somebody up on the so chair, I'm going to make it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't know. We just, um, we really look at those things and but you you also tend to attract really good people when you work, when you're working on something like it's, it's a, yeah. it's a good problem. You just, you tend to attract really good people. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes, and you certainly have. Well, let's get into some of the details in terms of if people are interested in learning more. I know you have a growing number of locations and you also have online curriculum as well. So can you talk about how people could get involved? Yeah, so we have the locations. We have, we'll have 10 uh, next, next week. Next week. We're, we're opening 25 next year. Uh, we have about 130 set to open in the, in the foreseeable future. So that's like at the training center level. And then for all of the members of the location and people that can't get the locations as well, we have what's called Kidstrong University. So Kidstrong University is an online curriculum for parents and kids. There's there are um, interviews with experts for the parents. There are parent workouts. There are family workouts, and then there are training modules for the kids. So if a kid's getting ready for kindergarten, there's a training module for that. If there's kids getting ready for preschool, there's a training module for that. We even have Baby Strong. Baby strong, toddler strong, yeah. kinder prep, preschool prep. So new mom, new dad, there's classes on there for you. And then our newest thing we're getting ready to come out with is at-home equipment because we have all this really cool equipment in the locations and these things that we built for our own, our own homes. And people are constantly asking like to get some of this stuff. So we developed, we're developing a line of uh, training equipment for people to have in their homes so they can do some of these things at home at will. Because your kids are at home a lot. If your home's not really set up for child development, you're missing out like on this like large chunk of time in this child's childhood where they could be, you know, climbing a rope or hanging from something and developing grip strength, things like that. So yes. all like home.com. Yeah. All at kidstrong.com. And, uh, and especially in the time, like these times right now with COVID or if you're in a, in a place where there isn't a physical location, it doesn't mean that you can't start doing these things with your kids at home, which I think is awesome. Yeah, several so hundred it, members that yeah. don't go to location. Any, anyone can sign up to Kidstrong University. I think that's kidstronguniversity.com. But again, you can find it at kidstrong.com. Yeah. And, and our larger goal is to help more families, not just people that live next to a location. So I, I think that part of the company will end up like outpacing everything else because you want to, you want to have give access to people that maybe they don't live in an area where you would put one, you know, you just want, you want like universal access to the stuff as much as possible. Yeah, absolutely. And I think people, especially people listening to this podcast who maybe are doing CrossFit can understand, you know, the importance of, man, I wish I had learned how to climb a rope when I was a kid or be upside down or do all these things, you know, yeah, even like box jump. 
when I was in CrossFit and coaching, you know, there was adults who had never jumped onto a box and that's really scary. Um, But if you start at two, you know, then you go into an adult, your adult life and it's just like, sweet. Right. I got this. Yeah. Yeah. Right. You think about things like I even think about for myself skiing. It was something I learned just because my family did it when I was like three or four years old. And I love it. But if I had tried to learn as an adult, I probably would have been terrified of going down the hill like that. <laughs> that would be me. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, pie. Keep, keep a pie. Keep a pie. Oh, there goes the pie. There goes oh, the pie. You're oh, back. You're done. <laughs> yeah. You're done. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I think for us too, you know, we were spending, you know, X number of hours a week at CrossFit or training. And then the kids were just like in daycare. You know, so at some point, like you just want to think about like, hey, like if we're doing this for us, like, shouldn't we like do something like shouldn't the kids be doing something other than just like on iPad for an hour, you know, while we're doing this. So, yeah. Exactly. Well, it's amazing. I know I've said this to you guys before, but it really does give me so much hope because as I've been going through residency and, and seeing a lot of um, kids in the office just for even, you know, their, their well child checks every year and just seeing the way that technology is influencing them and how, you know, parents are stressed out and they don't have these tools. It gives me so much hope for the future generations to have something like this, to be able to actually um, give kids the tools that they need. Yeah. We hope so. That's the plan. That's the plan yeah. Yeah. Well, I want to wrap up, but I have three questions I always ask everyone at the end of the podcast. So first one is what are the three things that you guys do, and they can be different things, um, on a regular basis that have the biggest positive impact on your health? What are the three things we do on a regular basis? Um, I drink a ton of water. That's a great one. (laughs) I go to. Um, I try to exercise. move my body every day mm-hmm. and I mean, I'm going to have to go with, I take my vitamin D. Good one. And you guys oh, are, you get so much sunshine, right? <laughs> uh, mine is, I think the probably the thing that had the biggest impact is getting up early and spending a half hour uh, learning every morning. And then I'll work out for a half hour, like seven days a week. I never like do like a two hour workout anymore. So I try to move every day. Um, and I think probably mentally the biggest thing is like, instead of listening to the radio, listening to audiobooks when you're driving, you spend so much time in a car, you know, you can, you can actually read a bunch of books, you know, just while you're driving around. So his, his will never be drink a lot of water or eat a lot of vegetables. <laughs> That's okay. That's my next question is what's one thing that you're working on or one thing that you think would have an impact on your health, but you don't implement yet. Mm. Yours would be water. (laughs) Drink more water. His is definitely drink more water. Yeah. He's done better with bubblies and stuff. Bubbly's good. Yeah. Or Waterloo. Waterloo's are good. Yeah. Regular water's just so boring. Boring. (laughs) See, I love it. I love water. I just love drinking it. Um, what do I need to implement? I probably would say, I don't know. You might have an answer. I don't know. I don't know. Something probably need to, I would need to be more consistent. Well, okay. So this isn't like, I don't, this might be health. This is mental health. I need to be more organized. Mm -hmm. Like 
like a like a physically organized like your space around you or just life you know four kids a business a lot to organize the clutter no just like my mental space with life and you know yeah, yeah. i think one of the most important people things that people can do is like get ahead of the structure of their day yeah and then try to do some like get some early wins yeah. in the morning and that way that's why i like i have to work out and do learning in the morning because if i don't it just will never happen and then you look back you know seven days you're like oh i did this this like, is a little day. this is a little thing for a mom but like if i don't keep up with the laundry and then on the on the morning of, of school i can't find the socks or something and then the rest of my day i'm like stressed out yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah, I find that too. I've definitely gotten into the early morning, waking up early, early morning workouts because I find it just sets the tone for the whole day. And if you don't, in the morning, yeah, that's great. So I'm not expecting answers like um, you get in a sauna for like heat shock therapy. Mm -hmm. You're like, you gotta do the laundry. I gotta do the laundry. Okay. <laughs> that is, that is key. That is key. Um, all right. Last question is what does a healthy life look like to you? Hmm. A healthy life. Um, my, I mean, my definition of a healthy life is, you know, the same thing as we teach in Kitchong, physically, mentally, physical brain character. But I think if you can, um, you know, balance your diet um, and mental space, just, um, you know, I, I mean, I go to church, so that's my mental space for me, and I pray and stuff. So if I can balance my diet and my physical like activity, and plus my mental space, and then you know I try to be a nice human being. You try. I try. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Except for thirty-two oh, weeks pregnant, yeah. a hormones man right now. Um, I think those three things. I mean, to me, that's a win for my life, um, and just being positive, you know, I, I try to, you know, I don't try to take anything for granted and, and I appreciate things that I've been given in life. So I think, I think a lot of happiness comes from like a really effective blend of, you know, doing things that you want to do. Um, and, in, and being able to enjoy the journey of the day and your job and the life. Um, because I think if you can if you can get a good blend, like I've I've never been a fan of like work life balance. I just don't think that those things really exist. I think you just, you want to be able to wake up and just enjoy the day. Period. So if you have work that you really enjoy and people that you enjoy working with, it doesn't necessarily feel like work. So at the end of the day, you're not as tired. Or if you are tired, you know you've enjoyed like you sleep really well because you've worked really hard that day on something that you really care about. I think just blending that together. And I think it, you know, everyone's going to have different phases and seasons where like fitness is more near the top of the list, you mm -hmm. know, and maybe careers lower or family, you know, and just being able to kind of ebb and flow with those and not letting one of those take over all of it. Cause you just, you just only have so much, you know, mental energy and physical energy to do something. So like back in the day, our workouts were like two hours. Yeah. We work out for like two hours, <laughs> right? Cause we could. And now like I set a timer and it's 30 minutes and I'm done, but I'm able to do that seven days a week. So over the course of like a month, I've worked out way more like instances and my body doesn't hurt like I used to. So like, that's a different season 
than we used to work out for two hours. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, I love it. Well, thank you guys so much. This has been awesome. I'm really excited to share it and I will link up lots of things for people to check out when, after they listen in the show notes as well. So we appreciate it. Thank you so much. Thanks so much for tuning into this episode. As always, I will recap my three biggest takeaways from the conversation. My first takeaway here was about the importance of starting them young. As Matt and Megan talked about, maximum neuroplasticity for kids is between the ages of two to six. So starting to teach kids about how to move and be confident from this young age will set them up for success by the time they enter school. My second takeaway was about how overcoming physical challenges transfers into overcoming mental and emotional challenges in the rest of life. I loved how Matt and Megan talked about giving kids the opportunity to overcome physical challenges at Kids Strong and how that then gives them confidence to crush life outside the program. This is a lesson that I think we can all relate to, kids and adults alike. And then my third takeaway was that parenting doesn't come with an instruction manual. I don't have kids yet myself, but I know this to be true. And I love how Kids Strong has a curriculum for kids, but it's also for parents. This gives me such peace of mind for whenever I do become a parent to know there's something like this out there that would provide guidance with the latest signs on childhood development implemented by world-class coaches. I hope you guys had some great takeaways from this episode as well. 